The following program is recommended for ages 18 and over due to adult content. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Behind the Scenes, a look at some of the sometimes steamy inside of Hollywood with your host, Hollywood executive and former Victoria's Secret model, Summer Helene. Our program features the gossip, the dish, and the stories of what's really going on behind your favorite movies, television shows, and celebrities from the people who are involved in the industry. Now, here is your host, Summer Helene. Do you have a desire to be famous? Do you want hordes of people screaming your name? Then ask your therapist if Hollywood's right for you. Hollywood, where you can work your entire first year as an unpaid intern, followed by mandatory minimum 18-hour workday with guaranteed unpaid overtime, where sexual assault is so common you get to sign a waiver promising not to sue even before you start your new job. Warning, side effects may include insomnia, heavy drug use, thousands of dollars in therapy, alcoholism, bulimia, obesity, hallucinations, loss of integrity, complete loss of moral compass, bleeding from the fingernails after trying to claw your way to the top, as well as excessive chapping of the lips after you're kissing everyone's ass. If you have these or any other side effects or begin to question your life choices, please contact your therapist because nobody in Hollywood gives a damn. Hollywood, shut up and take it. G'day, guys. Welcome to Behind the Scenes. I'm your host, Summer Helene. You know, saying that really stresses me out just because, uh, yeah, that's pretty much Hollywood, but I love it. It's like an abusive relationship. I'll never leave. I'm here with my co-host, I'd say the baddest bear in the cage, but we have Diego Sanchez on, on, on today, so he's not even the baddest guy on the radio show, Bear Fiorda. I, by name, I'm the baddest bear in the cage. That said, I'm the only one named Bear on the radio show right now, so that's exactly why it counts. Diego Sanchez is coming on. That means you're not even the baddest guy on this radio no, show. No, no, certainly not. Just just the baddest <laughs> dude with the nickname Bear. <laughs> I, I wouldn't even say Bottom that. Bottom of the barrel. No, it's it's Diego Sanchez. If he wants your nickname, he can have it. That's a very reasonable statement, I think. <laughs> so I'm very, no, I'm, very I'm excited. For it. I'm excited to have him on. I'm grateful to have him on for that matter. I know. you're. It's, so Bear, for anyone that doesn't know, is a huge Diego Sanchez fan. Um, always has been. Well, why? The, well, one thing, like, not, not, no, but I don't mean why. Like, I, I, I think he's great. So he's gorgeous, his, by the way. So one of the things that I have the most trouble with in the cage, specifically when I fight, and I talk about this all the time, is the nerves get to me, and I end up getting, I'm like very inactive sometimes in the cage, and I have to get out of my head and start uh, moving and start fighting and trying to find my groove. But when you watch his fights, he's got some of the most exciting fights ever in the history of the UFC. No matter which one you're watching, he's always going pretty much balls to the wall, and that's like inspirational for me. That's what I want to be able to do when I step into the octagon. So that so to me. You want to be Diego Sanchez I when you grow up. I want to have that that like killer instinct, <laughs> that run in and and just go ham on whoever's in front of me. Mm. So the so the short version is, when you grow up, you want to be Diego Sanchez. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty. It's fair. <laughs> Um, so we've got a lot going on in Hollywood right now. Oh my God, Dewey, we can Will touch on Sm some. Smith slapped Chris Rock. I know it's a very unpopular opinion, but uh, Will Smith's a dick. Like I've been insulted by a lot of comedians. I got a lot of comedian friends. They shouldn't be slapped for jokes, even if you don't like the jokes. You do not respond to words with violence. What do you think about him laughing at the joke and then reacting poorly after? He catches his wife's facial expressions. Well, I, I think the big thing is, um, so Will Smith just resigned from from the Motion Picture Academy. Like he just oh, resigned. He just stepped Ten, down. Yeah, like five minutes like five, ago. We Will really Smith. Brought, so uh, Summer, Will Smith Summer just resigned. The memo just, just came in. So Will Smith us that Will resigned. Smith just resigned. You know what? Good. 
He deserves to. But all he wanted was the Academy Award. He got it, so he resigned. Yeah, of um, course. But I think he's he's doing the right thing, but the uh, Academy should have kicked him out. I'm oh, my saying. God, yeah. But again, what I, I meant about- on the moment. He deserved to get the award. That's not my problem. The award's not part of what happened. Speaking of, uh, Bruce Willis has aphasia. Right. He's actually now so we're losing Willis from acting altogether. And probably he's not coming. They said he's temporarily resign or stepping down or resigning from acting, but he's probably not going to be coming back. I think our our favorite actor from the Die Hard series is gone. Yeah, it's it's not been a good week. Um, no, it's like been a it's a been rough, a tough run. Uh, we've got you know the war in Ukraine, which is just oh, awful. I you know what it is bad, and I don't mean to find excitement in this, but recently the Ukrainians uh, bombed a Russian fuel depot and have all but crippled the air force in Ukraine that is Russian. Reminds me of the Filipino air force. My uh, a, a friend of mine from the Philippines once told me he just saw planes fall out of the sky. <laughs> just stop. Um, I'm not uh, sure that's true, but I mean, he is from the Philippines, I, I certainly and I believe not, him. It puts other people in danger, but you know, hopefully they weren't silly enough to try and fly I'm with hoping, no fuel. I'm hoping the Russian air force is like that at this point. Well, but yeah, yeah, so in Hollywood we have Will Smith acting like a complete jackass, mm-hmm. which is very out of character for him. I uh, it's I, that Jada. It, it it's the whole incident with his wife. Because I think we we actually talked this about this too. We're on the same page with this one. His wife wanted out. She still wants out. She's not happy. And so he's trying to make all these different accommodations for her and trying to be the man that he thinks she wants. And so he looks at her, sees she's unhappy. He's got to go into macho man mode. It's still, he slapped slapped Chris Chris Rock. Rock. I actually thought it was fake. I called a friend of mine the night of the awards and I was like, "Um, this is fake. Obviously, like Will Smith resigned from the Academy. It's clearly not fake. But I thought it was. I have to admit that. And they turned around and they're like, nope, this wasn't prepared. And what Chris Rock said to the producers behind stage afterwards was, I'm a comedian. I've had a lot of people come at me for stuff I said. He's like, the first thing you do is put your hands behind your back, try and act non-threatening. He's like, I'm not a big dude. If someone's slapping me, I'm going with it. I'm moving with the slap because I don't want to get knocked out, and especially by, you know, a guy that played Muhammad Ali. It was that movement, by the way, that people are starting to uh, have an issue with. That's why I think part of the reason why a lot of people thought it was fake is because of this. He, I it, thought it was fake for the first few minutes. choreographed. Yeah. In fact, uh... But, but it wasn't. No. Now, that being said, like, I've, I've had some weird experiences. I've had people say things to me I didn't like, like, and I didn't hit them. I wanted to. I was at a museum. I looked at a Tyrannosaurus Rex. I pointed out to the curator that it reminded me of a kangaroo skeleton. So I was like, is it possible that Tyrannosaurus Rex jumped? Like, could they have run like a kangaroo? Could they have bounced to get their prey? And, of course, his response was, ma'am, have you been drinking? And I had been drinking, but that wasn't the point. That wasn't the, and I wanted to smack him, but I didn't, because that, that's what grown-ups do. I went and had scotch instead. Here's the thing, though. Now I'm, now I'm curious. The kangaroo body structure puts it upright, almost like a human. T-Rex was elongated. He would really. When's the last time legs. you saw a Tyrannosaurus Rex to know that? Well, that's how the bone structure was. Um, no, if you put the bone structure in the same formation as a kangaroo, you'd believe it bounced like a kangaroo. If you look at its Can body, re- it's oh, got the long tail. Do we have evidence that suggests that we could shape the skeleton upright and it would look? Yes, it looks identical to. I still stand by this, and I have not been drinking today. Um, <laughs> except tea. You're, except you're on a tea. sugar. I'm drinking tea. You're on a sugar high right yeah. now. Yeah, I was. I was a Java, 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 Java. But um, 
No, they call it Jawas, sweetie. No, Java, I hate you so much. <laughs> Stop with the Star Wars references. Oh, man. I'm so fucking sick of Star Wars. I'd like to remind everyone, every time we get, use bad language on the show, we give money to the Boys and Girls Club of America, the Humane Society, and free MMA. We swear because we care. Fuck yeah, we do. Um, that actually is called the Sean Patrick Flannity rule because he used the F word 72 or 73 times in 30 minutes. And cohesively. I know. It it's worked. not. It did. It wasn't like it was a gratuitous swear. It really did work. Absolutely. It was so, absolutely but, unbelievable. Back to this kangaroo thing. Though. Okay. I had what? Okay. If you, if it let's say it jumped right, it hopped around. Kangaroos are not predators. They're no. not hunting, so no. they have no read. They don't care if they make noise. A T Rex would have been a hunter, possibly scavenger, but hunting as well. You think is jumping around would create too much I'm noise? I'm simply saying his body reminded me of a kangaroo's body, and the guy shouldn't have accused me of being drunk. I mean, I was, but that's not the point. I wasn't maybe, drunk. Maybe ladies the question don't get was, dr ladies don't get drunk. I was tipsy, very, very tipsy. Maybe the question was unrelated. He just smelled the alcohol on you. <laughs> you could not smell the alcohol on me. What did you the try hell to, is wrong did with you? Did you take a breath mint or something? Uh, no. Look, I'm just saying the people at USC were very insensitive. <laughs> the people at USC are not sensitive to my I know. Ironically, questions. I lecture over at USC, so I'm like one of the guest lecturers that go over to the film department yeah. is now drunk in the USC museum. So I guess that's this. the headline could have been worse. <laughs> Isn't there a phrase for craziness, kangaroo house or something like that? or Kangaroo court. Oh, kangaroo court. So there you go. That's where you thought you were. Now, speaking of craziness, I know everyone that listened in to the Joshua Fabia interview uh, knew that I was up his ass, Bear was up his ass. Um, this is not going to be that kind of interview. Well, we don't need to. Diego Sanchez is a well-accomplished man. He's here to talk about his story. We asked him a couple of questions, maybe you a couple of jokes. You told Fabia to go fuck himself. That was the least you did. I did not, say that. I did not did. say that line. <laughs> It was the least accomplished interview I've ever heard you do. But it wasn't. It, it wouldn't come out during the interview. <laughs> of course not. <laughs> but if during the interview you could avoid um, geeking out like a five-year-old girl, I, because yeah, goes on that would be really spectacular. Best. I will do my best. So I'm. And after I fail, I'll remind you that I did my best. <laughs> Fabulous. So we are going to be on with Diego Sanchez. He is one of the most accomplished men in the cage. He is a legend in the MMA world. He is a legend in the UFC. Um, and he's had a very complicated couple of years, but that has not in any way diminished his shine. So when we come back, we are going to be on with Diego Sanchez. We will be right back after this. Streaming live, the leader in internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Racers and Rental Cars is the program for wannabe pro racers and those interested in the racing profession and automotive industry. Join hosts Cameron Ferre and Don O'Neill as they take you behind the scenes with previews and review for race day. It's about the business as well as the fun. We've got the scoop, the guests, the discussion, and the WTF moments. All you need to do is bring your ears. Racers and Rental Cars heard every Saturday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern, right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. 
Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective, plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite hosts. It's just a click away at blog.voiceamerica.com. That's blog.voiceamerica.com. The Voice America Press Blog. All access, all the time. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit facebook.com forward slash voice America. You are listening to Behind the Scenes with host Summer Helene. To connect with the show today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to bts at summerhelene.com. Now let's go back behind the scenes. G'day, g'day, guys. Welcome back to Behind the Scenes. I'm your host, Summer Helene, and we are on with my co-host, usually the baddest bear on the live stream, but in this case, he's not even, like, he, you're not even top three. Wait, there's <laughs> only going to be three people. <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. I'm just saying, like, I, I think the rule is when you have two MMA fighters and one of them is Diego Sanchez, the other person comes in third third because first and second automatically goes to him. Oh, okay. Why not? That's fair. I think that's it. That's fair. I do want to give a quick shout out to savetheplazatheater.com. Guys, they are trying to save it. It's a historical building in Palm Springs. If you can help, go check it out. Off-road rentals, thank you so much for our giveaways. We are giving away two ATV rides in Palm Springs, California. If you want to uh, win an ATV ride or a float at True Rest, Sedona, and Las Vegas, jump on Summer Helene's Twitter. That's me. And tell me what your favorite Diego Sanchez moment was. And we will give you, if you're the first one or you come up with the best one, a free ride at Off-Road Rentals in Palm Springs, California, or a float at True Rest, Sedona, or Las Vegas. And thank you very much to Trainer Joe's Fitness in Palm Desert for getting there. He's making me swole. He's making me big. I don't, I don't think he's making you big. He's, well, you, he, you, you, you had an injury. You've been out for like a month. All right. Well, you know what? He's normally making me big. I, I That's been true, big too. Recently. But ladies and gentlemen, I would like to invite to the show... Uh, one of Bear's favorite people in the world. I swear if you geek out, Bear, you are going to the corner. Diego Nightmare Sanchez. How you doing, man? Hello, hello. How are you doing? Uh, great. It's great to have you, too. Thank you so much for taking the time to come in and be a part of our radio show today. We have a whole bunch of questions from a whole bunch of people for you, but the first one is from uh, <laughs> first one is Sam, Sam Alvey, of all people. And his question was, do you remember eating barnacles with him in Lisbon, Portugal? Absolutely. I 100% remember that. Barnacles are amazing. I have never tried one before, but we were out there in Portugal. And barnacles, they're salty. They're tasty. I love them. I like that. Well, yeah, I've, been, I've been encouraged to go and try barnacles now. But that was, that was oh, the... No, uh, no. no. Don't be afraid of the barnacle. The barnacle is good. If you like salty foods, and I'm, you know, I'm a, I'm a little salt. I like salt, so they're yummy, for sure. Fantastic, then. Sounds perfect. You know, I was just telling everyone prior to you coming on that you have some of the most exciting moments of anyone in the cage, period. You always come out and you make a bang whenever you hit the cage. What's 
what's kind of that that like you? What's your maybe not mindset, but what is he it wants feel to, to know your there? secret because he what's freaks out se- first round and doesn't move. Oh yes, you what's do. what's your secret for coming <laughs> yeah, out? Um, you know, I love this beautiful story of how I became a fearless warrior. It actually happened when I was nine years old, and I, I lived in a mobile home trailer park, but. Um, I I had started doing karate and there was the group of kids at the park that I normally would play with and as I started doing karate they the, the, the trailer park kids they're like, Hey Diego, we hear you're doing karate. Is that true? You doing karate? I'm like, Yeah, I'm doing some karate and they're like, All right, well why don't you show us some karate? I'm like, No, you know, it's I'm just it's, I don't let's not even do that. And then the guy goes like this. He says, Diego, he said, I'll whoop your ass. Show me that karate. I want to fight you. I said, all right, um, I don't really want to fight you. You know, we're kind of like friends. You're one year younger than me. And, you know, I, I don't want to I don't want to have to kick your ass, but I will. If you really want to. And sure enough, we started fighting. Sure enough, I started kicking his ass. And before you knew it, his older brothers and other trailer park kids, they were whooping my ass so bad I was getting jumped by five guys. They were kicking me in the ribs, busting me in the face. They were they were doing everything. And I this is no lie, I had a Mrs. Miyagi. And Mrs. Miyagi came and she saved me. She was blocking them, helping them get on. She was like, No, 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 no. Four against one that wrong, that wrong. And I still can hear her to this day in the back of my ear. My 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 bell was ringing. I got up, and my heart was broken because those are the guys actually like I looked up to, the older brothers. I liked the, I wanted to hang out with those those kids. I was more heartbroken. And I was walking home, and I'm like, how can I find a positive in this situation? I'm like, well, if I ever have to just fight one guy, it's gonna be easy. <laughs> and from there, I like that. started, and not like ever, you know, I never really, still to this day, you know, I'm, I've had some crazy fights where I've been dropped and I've been hit hard. And throughout the beginning of my career, I wasn't really afraid of anything. And it took me having to get really hurt and injured and even knocked out. And then later towards the end of my career, as you can see in my last fight, if you tuned in, my defense has drastically improved. I really did. I think I think that's a really, really interesting story. I mean, that's a valid point. If you get in one guy, it'll be a hell of a lot easier than everyone picking on you. But that's terrible, especially if you're looking up to them. Uh, you're one of the most. Yeah, no, it, it was it was terrible. And I remember, I remember those kids and I remember one of them reaching out to me when I was on the ultimate fighter and I had made something of myself and being like, man, that's really cool that you, you became a professional fighter, but eh, you know, when you're, when you're kids and and you don't have nothing really to do except go mess around at the trailer park, you know, you're, you're gonna, you're gonna get in some trouble. There's going to be some fights definitely out here in New Mexico. Anyway, everybody got the chip, chip on their shoulder wanting to compete. I think, and that's also due to like, there's a natural thing inside of humans that makes us want to compete. And there is no sport that can 
reach this deep passion to compete other than human chess, mano a mano, mano a mano, woman a woman, you know, uh, you know, just battle of the mind, battle of the, the physical body, and battle of the, the mental and emotional, spiritual battle with fears. Now, I'm going to say you are one of the most influential people in MMA period of all time. Um, you have obviously conquered physically, you've conquered mentally, you've managed to get through that. But in the last year, if you're okay talking about this, you've been in the press for a very, very different reason. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, no, I definitely um, have had to battle many, many things on, on um, the path of what has been my like to say legendary I get the word legend all the time but my legendary journey as a as a mixed martial arts fighter and um, you know thrown into the spotlight on the ultimate fighter at a young age and riding that wave as long as I could in the UFC and that wave came crashing hard in um, in, in, in 2021 and um, yeah you know I had to back with some some other stuff too because yeah no I had um, went under mentorship under uh, Joshua Fabia and you know you my my message to the people is be careful be careful when you truly truly are devoted to somebody that you believe that their mind is better than yours and and that their ideas are more creative than yours and that maybe that person is 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 smart and is the better person to lead like a mission and fighting is a lot like a mission so uh, i was on a mission to finish my ufc career and um complete the legendary longest ufc hall of fame career i, I was on on a mission to do that and i wanted to come out on top and exit the ufc in, in, in a good position and it, it didn't turn out like that due to not my lack of awareness my lack of awareness that I was being manipulated by someone that is uh, considered a, an awareness master but I, um, yeah no no I, I, I really went through it and um, in that in, in the situation and experience that I, that I lived um, the final training camp with Joshua Fabia, I was just like, this is going to be my retirement fight. And, and even, even him pushing me towards retirement and, and his whole idea to go after the UFC and, and, and maybe, you know, get them to want him to shut up so much that they pay him. I don't know the real, true intentions of Fabia's um, mission and why he was, what he wanted to do. I truly believe it's, it started with, with the desire for money and um, the spotlight, you know, and, and that he could take his school of self-awareness and ride the UFC wave into the sunset getting um you know a lot of people behind him and 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 having me be the standout guy that school of self-awareness helped but um yeah no it, it was it was it, it got rough because i truly wanted to 
give everything I have into this final mission, um, this final fight. And at this point, um, we had already, you know, we had already came to a place in our relationship to where, you know, I, this guy had me manipulated thinking that he was a, that he was a prophet. And, and we're dealing with a, a real true genius that was using that genius in, in, in not a good way, in a manipulative way. And to look at people as, 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 as pawns that he could manipulate with just uh, knowledge and understanding. And I followed this man because I, I witnessed him achieve some very um, amazing stuff. I do a lot of a lot of stuff that I couldn't do. Initially, it was the combat, combat knowledge that this man had that drew that drew me in to following him, training under him, and eventually mentoring under him, and going into you know where where you know he was teaching me so much stuff and things were you know Josh had an idea for everything Josh had a conspiracy for everything and when i met Josh i was in a very vulnerable place i had just um got divorced from a, a marriage that i loved my wife very much and and there was some um, betrayal there, and you know my wife had given up on me and given up on my career, and and um, it was really uh, I was just in a really heartbroken state of mind and state of heart, and and I was looking for guidance, I was looking for direction, and and that's when everything happened, and I um, you know I I followed Fabia as loyal as as a follower could be, and you know with thinking that, um, you know, this is a spiritual mission, too, not just a mission of survival or a mission of combat. But um, I'm like, if this guy um, really is a prophet, you know, then I'm basically in a movie that is like an end-of-times biblical type of style movie. And, you know, and I, and I, I believed, I believed that, that, that he was either knew some, some universal secrets that was giving him access to how to, in the end, I, I realized that it was channeling and he was channeling energy and energy of the energies of the universe. This is going off the deep, deep end into the deep, deep rabbit hole that is spirituality and uh, dimensions and, and uh, you know, light and dark and all that stuff. And do you so think? I, um, do you? Oops, sorry. Do you think what, uh, what? Fabia took advantage of the fact that you had come out of this relationship and were in such a dark place? And I have to say, by the way, um, when you were speaking to my assistant, she came out of a relationship very much like this. She's been in therapy, and she cried when she got off the phone with you because she had been in the same place with someone, and she thought it was incredible that you were speaking out. So I know anyone going through this to see someone like you talking about this, it matters a lot. By the way, um, that's yeah, just no, most people. Most people they have an ego, and um, their ego tells them that they should not allow people to see their weakness. And um, the truth is that we all have weakness inside of us, and sometimes you know it takes um, a manipulative person 
I'm, you know, even going to as far as saying a mastermind to um, put you in these positions where, you know, where you, you know, you get hurt. And um, and to answer your question, do I think that uh, the intentions were because I was in in that vulnerable position? And he did know it because I stayed up telling him the story for hours. Um, you know, I don't. I, I I'll never know. I'll, I'll never know. I, I think that the intentions came from wanting to uh, boost his business with my fame and the UFC's uh, marketing ability. And I think that was the true intention from the start. But um, I think that he knew that if he showed me the things that I that I was searching for, like loyalty, you know, like um, like true friendship, like true support, that um, that I would. Um, Knowing the type of person I was, he probably was thinking that, you know, this guy's going to be a loyal, loyal ass guy because, you know, I was I was loyal to my wife. And um, that's kind of rare for mixed martial arts uh, fighters and warriors, you know. It's true. That is very, very true. When Fabio got uh, involved with you, I know we had him on the show. I was actually supposed to be the two of you. And we were very glad, actually, to hear that you weren't involved with him anymore. Um, when he came on, one of the things he had said was that he felt, you know, you needed guidance and he was trying to help you and a whole bunch of other bullshit that he was spouting. But um, do you think that being in such an emotionally vulnerable place and having someone step in, um, do you feel that that has made you stronger in the long run? Or do you think it has made um, things harder? Surviving it has made me stronger because um, there was, you know, I, I could have been, um, I could not be here right now, you know, and that's the type of fear that was installed in me, me not being, me being that fearless warrior. I was, I was, I was fearful, you know, I was fearful of really? of, of the abilities that Josh had, um, his military, military abilities and his military-based strategic mental warfare abilities that um, I, this guy would, you know, I can't say, you know, I can't really say about, like, who he was and what, but the guy had abilities, and I wasn't bullshitting when, when I told the world that I found a little guy, a little tiny guy that that had martial arts skills that weren't even really out there like like the 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 stuff that Josh was doing none none of those MMA fighters none of the MMA trainers none of the Muay Thai coaches none of the boxing coaches none of the jiu-jitsu coaches none of these guys even had a had a clue to the level of the stuff that Josh was was showing me and that he was able to do it on me being a smaller man than me it was very convincing, and and it was like wait, like want, like like waving a a bag of magic in front of me, and like like magic ninja magic, like here you go, you want this, all right? And I'm like, man, I'm, so I um I I went under him. I, I I dedicated myself to to get the the knowledge that that he had. And that's that's a true story, you know. And, and I, I I attained a lot of a lot of knowledge and wisdom in combat and, and the martial arts skills that he was showing me. A lot. Some of them were some of them were just um, more combative, 
and and in in real true combat, these are kind of lost arts with the 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 development of technology the 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 sword the gun you know the the you know the drone now and so this was just like some lost arts that um i was you know being taught and and you know i'm i'm happy to you know even in the end i got hurt and my ufc and my reputation was 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 uh injured and um but i i i still survived it i survived it I didn't die, and 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 in the end, yeah, I had to had to pay Josh and Rebecca one hundred and five thousand dollars, and why? It, and it was it was like a like a blackmail kind of setup, you know, with the camera and everything, but um, because of the you know the money that had been was given to me for the May fight that I was going to have with Cowboy. Because mm-hmm. the the way that the the way that it all went down, you know, Josh had the UFC so um, pissed off, upset, um, uncomfortable, um, just a lot of different things were going on to where I, you know, I don't know, I don't know why why Dana decided to pay me for the bout, you know, but but he did. He decided to pay me for the belt, but Josh felt like that was that was his money because it was his plan and 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 all all of it. And so, in the end, Summer, I paid him that money to continue living my life in peace. That I don't have a a, a straight up ninja killer out there. I know that's not the right words to say, but yeah. like the real like a real a real um, sociopath off to you. I gotta be smart with my words, you know, because you know I'm sure that Josh will hear this, but um, just somebody who is is really could be dangerous, and and I didn't want to have a person like that out there wanting to do harm to me or 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 my 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 family. I have a beautiful daughter, and um, I was concerned and and my my heart was heavy on it. And so when that moment came, um, yeah, my UFC career was sacrificed, but that money did come from whatever I said, you know, screw it, you know, pay it. That's the best 105000 you could ever pay, Diego. Get this guy out of your life. He was bad for you. It was wrong. And, you know, you got, you learned what you learned from the experience and it is what it is. You know, and 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 I did mean that that tweet that I put out when I announced that that we had separated. I did mean what I said, and I do wish Josh the best, and I pray that that he will, you know, find his soul, and 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 maybe that he'll have some openness to 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 the to Christ consciousness energy, the the Jesus Christ energy, the Holy Spirit energy, the mm-hmm. Trinity that they've talked about in the Bible, that they've talked about in the books, because Josh didn't believe in that. And he was always against that from the beginning. He told me that Jesus was just a regular man doing magic like him. And uh, um, g- given that I was very, given that was I was a very, Catholic, <laughs> yeah, go, go I, ahead. Go I, ahead I was going to say, given that I was raised Catholic and almost became a nun, I have a little bit of trouble with that statement. <laughs> but and so, <laughs> yeah. Um, so you know, I um. 
know where I was going with that, but um, yeah, no. So like, there was a lot of things that happened, and and Josh even took me to the Holy Land, took me out there to Jordan, walked barefoot, and and this guy was doing something that that um, you could. I I don't I didn't know it then at all. I didn't know anything then at all. He was he never told me anything. It wasn't until the later in the end when he was telling me that he you know that it was energies. And he said that's what the word the word he used was energies, channeling energies. You know, and uh, he and so he was ta- channeling some type of energy because this guy was having talents and skills that he didn't learn like by reading a book. He was he was he was doing something, yeah. And he was he was he was doing something. He was something. He was very different. And um, I know that most people cannot stand Josh because they can't put up with his mouth. And he keeps talking, 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 talking. Doesn't let the other people talk it so much, and just keeps talking, talking, talking. And so. I actually just was, you know, I I put up with the talking, you know, I just put up with the talking so that I could, um, so that I could learn, and um, I, I, I I wanted to learn, I, I wanted to learn the 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 arts, the martial arts that that Josh would, that Josh had showed me, shown me personally that he had the skill sets that I had never seen in another you another fighter and 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 so it just was very very different situation and then you throw it then then shit starts getting spiritual wait a minute you know holy shit and then the whole thing really truly when I became sold sold there was one particular incident that happened and this was what totally sold me the most. And there was an incident that happened. All right. This is a pretty crazy story, but it's true. We had got the fight with Jake Matthews. And the only reason we got the fight with Jake Matthews was because COVID was happening. And Josh was like, Diego, we don't know if, if UFC is even going to survive this COVID. Um, MLB is shutting down and NBA is shutting down. He said, you better get a fight. You better try to get a fight on Abu Dhabi Fight Island before, you know, who knows what's going to happen with this virus. We don't know. And and so I was like, you're right. You know, I think about my family and think about my daughter. Think about, you know, like the future. I better, you know, get this payday, get this fight. And so I called Dana and I talked to him and, and told him, you know, that, um, you know, I know that the end is coming for me, that I'm going to finish fighting soon. But um, I, I really want to add um, everything, you know, I want to add Abu Dhabi fight island to my to my to my uh, my my resume of 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 a, a, amazing achievements that I've done in the UFC and Dana was cool and Dana um, Dana did it for me he he got me the fight with Jake Matthews and it was a short notice fight it was only five weeks and yeah I wasn't in the best shape ever but um, yeah this we we were excited that we got it and so we we're like me and Josh are like all right let's go let's go have one last beer before um, and we're gonna start training camp let's go have some have some beers and celebrate this that we got this fight this opportunity and so um, we go to the twin peaks restaurant and we're sitting on the patio we're having some some ipas just um you know just hanging out and i seen this long time high school friend of mine that was one of the people who you know had i I had stopped talking to him so much since I had been involved with Joshua and he knew that like I had like 
cut off all my friends. And but I I would still I would still text with him and communicate with him, and he was and he just man the guy um, the guy cried and he's like why can't I meet this guy why can't I go meet this guy, and he's like and he's like I was like all right and so he was there at that restaurant coincidentally, and I said you know what I'm not an asshole I'm like come on over to the table you guys sit down and then. And so while we were, they came down, they they were obviously drinking too. And they came and they sat down. This was my friend, Nick Warren, and um, and his best friend, Jimmy Rayborn. And Jimmy Rayborn was my teammate on the original old school Jackson Wink team. And I, you know, he was a good friend of mine too, but he was an actual pro fighter. And so I was, I was, I was a little, you know, we'll see how this um, this interaction goes down. And he, um, they came to the table, and um, everything was good, chit-chatter. They were talking, and they were, you know, it started going here. The conversation was going here, going there. And then it, it, it got to the place where we were talking about Michael Kessa, and I fight with Michael Kessa almost having to be canceled because the Nevada State Athletic Commission was uh, worried about a move uh, that I, um, that, that Josh had taught me. And, um, you know, of course, Josh had it all made out to be a whole conspiracy that, that they were going to try to shut the shit, that they were trying to, like, force me to take the, take the fall. And that it was like the Nevada State Athletic Commission and and UFC and just all kinds of like dirty evil behind behind the scenes shadiness of the business. Maybe Joshua was just creating it, you know, in his head, you know. But um, there was definitely a situation that that happened in the back. The, the Nevada Commission did come back there, talk to me. Um, put pressure on me, you know, and it was it was an interesting situation. But uh, at the end of the day, um, there was a move, and um, you know, Mark Smith knows this move very well because Joshua put the referee Mark Smith in the move and scared the shit out of him. And Mark Smith went went up to the top of the office and went and met with the president of the commission and, and all the top officials that were there. And then, then all the suits came down, and so these guys that wouldn't normally be there were there. And um, they were having this discussion with me and, and telling me how I'm a good man and I wouldn't really want to try to hurt him. And I'm like, well, yeah, I kind of am trying to hurt him. But, um, so the words could be, you know, the words were, were different and it is what it is, but that situation went down and I told Jimmy at the restaurant, I said, you, they were trying to like talk about it. They were trying to like explain the technique by talking. I'm like, Jimmy, just, I'm like, I'm like, you have to feel it or else you're not going to believe it. It, it. You know, you're not going to believe that it's even a real move unless you get put in it. And so then like, they were like, I, so they were at the corner of the table and they were sitting down in these steel chairs and they were sitting on, these were like some sturdy ass welded chairs, right? We're sitting on a patio, it's a concrete patio and we're just sitting there and they're at the corner of the table, Josh and, and Rayborn. And uh, Josh tells them, well, then put me in the collar tie. And and he, and he grabbed him into the collar tie one time at the end of the table, 
and Josh showed him this defense, this defense where you use your, your hand, you put it on the opponent's face, it's a very uncomfortable face, and you, you uh, push on their spine. And um, Jimmy didn't like that, got uncomfortable, and I guess he spazzed out, or maybe he just really wanted to see if Josh really had skills or not, and was like, was like fuck it, I'm going to test it. And he, did, he went for like a jumping, well, like a falling back in my chair triangle. That's what it would be called. He fell back in the steel chair and threw his legs around Josh like a triangle, and the steel chair was got stuck in between them, and Josh's knee got completely blown out. ACL, MCL, PCL, all these ligaments were blown out. He had a... a, a a bone splinter that was causing um, internal bleeding in his in his leg, and he was had to take him to the hospital. I'm like, I took him to the hospital. And this was during COVID, and this was when hospitals were being weird at first because you know, like it was like it was a weird time with hospitals. This was in this was yeah, I thought this this was late middle July, 2020. And so, let me get to the point. His knee was blown out. I took him to the hospital. They were going to prep him, prepping him for emergency surgery. The hospital found out that he didn't have insurance. And then they were like, well, you're going to have to go home and wait this out and get insurance and then come back. And so, I took him, I took him to, he lived on the other side of the mountain. I took him home. He had a... Um, he had an assistant, and her name was Rebecca Hidalgo, and she was, uh, I never knew if they were like a, a thing. I thought I started thinking maybe towards the end that they were kind of like a thing, but um, I, I, I never seen them kiss once or anything, so it was, it was um, I was like, all right, you got an assistant, bro. Like, I, I don't know, I don't have a coach for this training camp. You're obviously off your feet. I got to figure something out, but I can't babysit you right now. You have an assistant, bro. Like you, she's gonna have to help take care of you. You like that's your assistant. Yeah. That's your little nurse. Absolutely. And so, and so I left. I left him there on the mountain, and I, and this was like, a, this was like a Thursday, and I left him at the mountain, and I was sorting myself out for what I was going to do for training camp. I didn't know if I was going to have to go sign up at a gym or, or I didn't know what I was going to do, go do the training camp somewhere else. I was just trying to figure it out. And that's when on, um, on Monday, Josh showed up at my house and at my, at my, at my, at my condo, he showed up and he was like, are you ready for training? And I'm like, what the fuck? I'm like, aren't you, I'm like, what's you up with your leg? Like, and I seen the injured leg too. It was all big and blue and purple. And um, I was like, what's up with your leg? Um, I thought you need surgery. And he, and he's all, I, he's all, I did what I had to do on that mountain to heal myself. And so this is, was where the deepest form of manipulation was because I did witness something 
I don't know to the extent of the manipulation. Maybe it wasn't as bad as he made it out to be. I don't yeah. know. I don't understand everything of all reality. Did you but, did you go in with him to the doctor when they diagnosed what was wrong? Yeah, yeah. I, 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 well, I didn't go in with him there to the doctor, but I was. I, I had. I had. I, I was there with him and. And I dropped him off, and I seen him, I seen his leg. I, 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 because you couldn't go in to the to the doctor yeah. at that time. Remember, it was the That's weird right. COVID stuff, and they were really scared back then. They weren't, and so they wouldn't even um, let you go in the the guest room. You know, they, there's not you couldn't even go in like the guest room. So we have about 10 minutes left to the show. I wanted to ask you a couple of questions. Uh, for everyone out there, one of the things I was going to ask is why did you back away from kind of your friends and everyone at that time? When I backed away from everybody and everybody was just, it was just forms, uh, simple forms of manipulation. It's because I I, I gave the power over to another person to to help me, like because I thought I was getting mentored to be a better person, and like you know what I mean, get 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 wiser, get smarter, get better, you know, and and that's when um, Josh started to isolate me because you know I, I you know I would assume he didn't want me around people that were gonna tell me that that he was bad for me. The whole world was telling me that he was bad for me. And on top of that, I had millions of people worldwide that were praying for me. And I truly do believe that that was due to the Holy Spirit interacting and, and interceding in, in, in this event. And um, in the end, it came down to, um, yeah, no, it was, it was Jesus that saved me. And then me and he had this, this thing set up with my mom. He wanted my mom to speak against um, against how how bad fighting was for you know how bad fight, mothers against fighting like you hey Josh Josh had some crazy ideas and he just really was trying to get the the UFC to want to silence him with money and so that's what my my take is on the end of it but um you know Josh is a Josh is Josh and and um, you know I. I just wish him the best life away from me. I would never want to see him again or hear from him or anything like that. And and I wasn't even really wanting to do this interview and mention his name. I was even going to tell you, let's just call him JF. But, um, I, you know, I, I, I came on because I wanted to speak to the world, speak to people, because I know that I'm not the only person that may be is heading into one of these situations. I know that in LA, you know, where in, in Hollywood, there was uh, cults were a real thing, you know, and, yeah. and, and this has been this has been happening, and and, and it it seems to be very um, similar situations where they get spiritualism involved and 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 God involved and 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 try to claim like they're a prophet, you know, and so like even David Koresh too, you know, like same yep. shit and. And so now here we are, and um, I've moved forward, and I'm rebuilding my life with the help of the Holy Spirit and the Holy Trinity of God that is my faith and my belief. I have all respect for other people and other beliefs and, and, and what they have, but I, um, I strongly suggest that um, you stay anchored into the good, because that is um, you know, what the good book is all about, is, is giving you guidance into to live in a, in a good way and be a good person and I'm, um you know, 
I'm that's, glad and you're finding that. And now I've continued to fight, and I fought my first fight uh, by myself um, after leaving Joshua, and um, I did everything my way. I did the entire training camp my way. I did things my way, and Josh was so quick to just always like talk shit about people and like like say the bad. This is bad, and this is bad, and and that like the way you're living your life is bad. Wow, Josh, um, I have something to tell you. People are different, and people live their lives different, and that's their decisions and choices and not everybody is you and people you know that may live a a simple or a different life or or do this or do that that doesn't make them bad people that doesn't make them unworthy you know and so it is what it is in the end and uh i i i i i'm i'm just rebuilding my life i'm so excited for all the people that support me and have have witnessed this um this journey that i've been on going through everything and everything to you know um i i don't know and um dancing with the devil you know um you know one so, of the few one of the last things that Joshua told me before we split was Diego, do you really want to know what the head shamans in the Shawar tribe down in Ecuador on the Amazon, what they used to call me? I'm like, you make sure, Josh. What did they call you? He's like, you know, I'm a man of many names. And I said, yeah, what do they call you? And and he says, the morning star. And the I devil? said, the morning star. I said, um, what is that? He's like, he's like, you don't know what that stands for? I was like, no, I don't know what that stands for. He's like, he's like, it's supposed, he looks me in the eyes and he says, it's supposed to mean Lucifer. And um, that was when it was coming to a close. We were getting, you know, I was almost out. Yeah. And I um, I got on my knees and I cried and I prayed. And, and I said, God, I never did give up on you, Lord Jesus. I just, I just was open to other stuff and like just wanting to know truth. So I opened myself up to everything to try to find the real truth. And on my knees, crying in my backyard, soaked in cold water with no clothes like a slave i cried to god i said i never gave up on you god please save me from this man save my life and the next day we were set to film with my mother and um, as we were filming with my mother joshua was interviewing my mom and setting up the questions and and he tells my mom he says and and what are and what are the things that that you have can, can see have improved since since I came into Diego's life and and my mom's like that's my son like he's he's always he's perfect he's always been perfect to me and and he's like he's like you can't you can't you you're telling me that you don't see that he's a better father that he's better and my mom said Diego has always been a good father and um and she, and Josh got upset and Josh was like, "Well, you don't tell her anything. You don't tell her anything." He's all, "I can't do this with you anymore. I can't do this anymore." And then he looked at my mom and he said, he said, he's all, "You can take care of him." And um and and he left. 
And me and my mom stayed there and we prayed for like an hour and we just stayed there in that table and we prayed and we prayed and we prayed and, and he left and, and, and he came back with all my documents, my social I'm... security card, my passport and um, all the stuff that he was harboring at, um, on his land. You know? Well, thank and God. So he came back and um, he had my checkbook and, 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 and he told me, he said, and at this point, I was just so happy to want to wanna be free and, and get away from him. And now, uh, he said, he that's, said, you're going that is, hold on, let me finish. It's going to the problem is Diego, the radio is going to the radio show is going to cut in like thirty seconds. We would love to have um, you back. I'd love well, to have you back on. I'd love to go hey, through this. We are happy to I'll pay talk for counseling. I'll talk to you about it more later. I'd, I love you guys. Thank you for having my back. Um, and, we are happy um, to pay for counseling. I just want to tell you, thank you for 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 being strong, Summer. And um, you didn't let Joshua bully you or push you around with his words. And um, I. I, I, I really took pleasure in, 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 in hearing you be the strong woman that you are. Thank you. I'd love to have you on again and actually talk about your fighting. I know this was the focus, and I know we're at the end of the show. Oh, we yeah. absolutely Let me tell you this. Um, I have been offered a boxing fight on what will be the Ricky Hatton comeback card in Manchester, England, July 2nd. Awesome. Eagle FC has um, is going to allow me to do this, and so we're just getting the contracts worked out now. I will be fighting Dan Hardy July second in Manchester, England. So get excited! I'm excited, and uh, yeah, let's do this. Let's keep this journey going. I love it. Guys, thank you very, very much for joining us. Thank you so much to Diego Sanchez. You got so many fans on here. Thank you for joining us on Behind the Scenes. We'll see you next week. Good night. Thank you. Thanks for checking out the show. Behind the scenes can be heard live on the Voice America Variety Channel every Friday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific. Be sure to join Summer Helene for more Scoop next week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program.